Luke. Yeah. Luke? Yeah. Wait, Luke Skywalker? Yeah. Oh my god, this is so stupid. I was trying to call Luke Adams. His number is right next to yours in my helmet. Jedi is power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, binds the galaxy together. Welcome to The Force, of course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. I might actually pee on the carpet, but I won't. I, w- I won't pee on the carpet, I promise. I'm not going to do it. Oh, man. Now all I can think about is peeing on the carpet. So I know what you're all probably thinking. First, if he pees on my carpet, I'm unsubscribing. Well, don't. My bladder is holding strong. Second, wasn't this episode supposed to come out Friday? Yes. But let me explain. See, uh, what had happened was uh, I got my booster shot and it knocked the wind right out of my sails for most of the weekend. So here we are. What can I say? You get what you pay for, folks. Now, today I've got a lot of stuff planned for the show. Obviously, we're going to discuss and recap Chapter 3 of the Book of Boba Fett. And in honor of transitioning from 2021 to 2022, I want to do a bit of a retrospective look at the Star Wars content we got last year, what we can look forward to in 2022, and what it all means for us fans. And we'll wrap the show today with a fun little what's up with that guy. But first, let's check in with the Force of Course News of the Week. HasLab Razorcrest backers, your wait is almost over. A recent release from HasLab states that they're almost ready to start shipping the $350 version of the Mandalorian ship, the Razorcrest. And they're asking backers to make sure their shipping address is correct in their records. Shipping is rumored to start January 21st, so watch your mailboxes. That ain't gonna fit in nobody's mailbox. In Book of Boba Fett news, it's been leaked that Dave Filoni, the man in the hat, is the writer for Chapter 6 of the show. So why do we care about that? Well, Dave is very precious about certain aspects of Star Wars. Certain characters, at least. Um, Ahsoka, for example. Dave hasn't really allowed anyone else to write Ahsoka in any Star Wars media. Now, I'm not speculating that we're going to see Ahsoka in the series. I don't think that makes a lot of sense, but maybe we see Din Djarin, the Mandalorian in the last couple of episodes. That's an interesting thought. And it gives me hope for the last couple of chapters of the show. Um, We also could possibly see Bo-Katan. And I say that for a reason. Um, As it turns out, Ming-Na Wen tweeted, congratulations to Bo-Katan herself, Katie Sackhoff, on her new show. But then the tweet almost immediately disappeared. So what we can speculate from that is that there will be an announcement fairly soon that there will be a Bo-Katan series coming to us from Disney+. And that concludes the Force of Course News of the Week.
So before we get into recapping chapter three, I just want to take a minute and tell you all how smart I am. Episode 22 of this show, I was speculating on the content of each potential chapter of the Book of Boba Fett based on a list of episode titles that were leaked. Now, it turned out that I was operating with bad intel, and those episode titles were all false. But, if you listen to my speculation for Chapter 3, I mentioned we might see a couple of things. Huts and the Pikes. And what do we see in this week's episode? Huts and the Pikes. So look at the big brain on me. I also predicted we would see Dengar and IG-88 by now, so uh, I guess I'm still a dumbass. Let's try to get past all that and uh, jump into Chapter 3, The Streets of Tatooine. We open with the shot from the first trailer of the Bomar Monk spider thingy crawling across the sands of Tatooine outside Jabba's palace. I'm still calling it Jabba's palace. Inside, Boba and Fennec are getting a briefing from the torture droid. AT-8 explains the three families, Trandoshans, Aqualish, and Clatoonians, and which parts of the city they run. Then a watermonger complains of a gang that is robbing him, a swoop bike gang with modified body parts. They call themselves the Mods. Ugh. Oh boy. Bob and Fennec, with the pig guards, head out and walk the streets looking for the gang. What are the guards' names? I'm going to call them Ham and Link. Now these bikers are some punk-ass kids with shitty cybernetic modifications. They disrespect Boba Fett right to his face, so he hires them to work for him. Uh, and they get on their little bikes and follow him as he walks back to his palace. Why is he walking all that way? I get that he wants to send a message that he isn't going to be carried on a litter, but damn, walking? All right, then back to the tanning bed, or the back to bed, and we get a flashback of young Boba watching Django take off in the Slave One from Camino. Then to Tatooine and the Tuscan camp. Now this is shortly after the train raid and Boba is seeking out the pikes to solidify the protection deal he set up in the last episode. So he rides a bantha from the camp all the way to Moss Eisley. I feel like this must have taken a month. Why didn't he ride one of the swoop bikes he stole last week from Tashi Station? Did they all get destroyed in the train raid? I didn't think so. Anyway, when he gets into town, he comes across some red-eyed Jawas. Now, I thought they were off-worlders, the ones with the red eyes. But I don't know. I guess we're wrong. I don't know. I guess uh, I guess that's not true. Maybe red-eye and yellow-eye are all out there somewhere. Are we going to see a blue-eyed Jawa? That would be weird. Whatever. The Pikes say they already have a deal with the group that raided the moisture farm in Chapter 1. They're called the Kenton Striders, and that name is lame. So... Boba says he'll deal with them and rides his slow-ass bantha back to the Tuscan camp. I swear, this chapter should be titled Slowest Modes of Transportation on Tatooine. <sighs> so frustrating. As he approaches, he sees that the camp is burning, so he jumps off the slow-ass bantha and runs to the camp. He runs because he knows that bantha is slow as fuck. Now, all the Tuscans are dead, and we can make one of two assumptions here. Either Anakin came back to finish the job he started in Episode 2, or the Kenton Striders hit the Tuscans like Boba was going to hit them. We see their logo painted on the rubble, so we know it was the Kenton Striders. If he had moved faster, this could have been avoided. Damn it! Boba Fett burns the bodies, and I guess this is the end of that storyline. At least for this episode, because then we are rudely pulled out of the back-to-bed and the flashback by none other than that mean, dirty Wookiee, Black Christanton. Christanton. Chrysanthemum. 
What follows is a harrowing fight between Boba Fett and this Wookiee gladiator. Things aren't going well for our hero because he's all slippery with Bacta and he's in his panties. The Wookiee's giving him a proper beating after what feels like a lifetime the mods show up to try and rescue Boba. Chrysanthemum isn't too bothered by them, and then the Gamorreans show up. The Wookiee charges them and dives into them, throwing all three down the stairs into the main chamber of the palace. He takes the Gamorreans out fairly easily and is surrounded by the mods when Fennec finally shows up to drop Chrysanthemum into the empty rancor pit below. So where in the hell was Fennec? If I were Boba Fett, I would have some questions. Cut to Fennec and Boba having lunch, presumably the next day, and just like that, 8D8 shows up to tell them the Huts have arrived with a gift. That felt awfully fast. So, outside the palace, the Huts show up on their litter, carried by the unfortunate souls of Tatooine. They present the gift of a Rancor pup to Boba with its keeper, and this is where Danny Trejo shows up. I mean, it's a Robert Rodriguez joint, so we had to know he would show up at some point. The Huts say the mayor is in cahoots with the Pikes, and they don't want beef. It isn't worth it to them, so they're leaving Tatooine. They offer the Rancor as an apology for sending Chrysanthemum to kill Boba Fett, and they leave. It's so rushed. They send an assassin on Tuesday, and on Wednesday, they're sorry, and they're out of town by Thursday at noon. Boba tells Chrysanthemum, dude, no hard feelings, and basically gives him some sage advice. Don't work for dickheads. The Wookiee kind of jogs off into the distance, and I'm kind of hoping we see him again at some point. He was pretty badass. Perhaps as an ally, since Boba Fett spared him. We get a scene where Space Danny Trejo is telling Boba Fett about Rancors, and he agrees to teach Boba how to ride one. So at some time this season, I bet we see Boba Fett riding a damn Rancor. So he talks about not wanting to rule with fear like Jabba, but riding a Rancor through the streets is pretty scary if you ask me. I don't know. Boba and Fennec go to see the mayor with the mods in tow, and they find out that the mayor is off somewhere with the pikes. His major domo, the Weasley Twi'lek that I can't stand, tries to escape them in a speeder. The mods jump on their speeder bikes and give chase. Now, in the trailers, this scene was kind of cut to make it appear as if it's taking place at high speeds. But this chase reminded me of the time OJ and the white Bronco was being chased down the highway by all the cops after he, quote-unquote, didn't kill some folks. I could have run faster than this. It just felt lame. Then we see the Pikes arriving in force on Mos Espa. Fennec says to Boba, they're getting ready for war, and Boba says, then we'll be ready. How? How, Boba? How are you going to be ready for war? You have Fennec as your biggest asset who sleeps through Wookiee attacks. You have two pig guards who have been, ah, we'll give it 50-50 in a fight situation. You have some punk-ass kids with aftermarket parts. And yourself, supposedly the baddest bounty hunter in the galaxy, yet you haven't won a single fight in your own show. I guess I'm exaggerating a little, but he certainly doesn't feel ready for war. One thing worth mentioning is when Boba Fett is riding through Mos Eisley, we get a short glimpse of Pelimato and her pit droids. We also see stormtrooper helmets being placed on the poles, which we saw in the first season of Mando. So timeline-wise, I think we're in the same time of Mandalorian Season 1, specifically about the time that Fennec gets shot by Toro Calican. Then we saw Boba find her body. I think next episode, we start seeing flashbacks where we get the origin of their relationship. At least I hope so. I need to see a strong bond built so I know we can trust Fennec. I need to believe that she has Boba's back. 
I've heard too many people voice concerns that they aren't convinced that Fennec can be trusted. Honestly, I think he's going to build an empire in Mos Espa, get it all up and running, nice and smooth, then hand it all over to Fennec while he rides off into the twin sunset on a Rancor, or a Bantha, or some other frustratingly slow beast of burden. So that was it, Chapter 3, Streets of Tatooine. Uh, pretty good. The chase scene and the mods, I didn't love it. Could have done without that part. Anyway, let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk a bit about all the streaming service series, past, present, and future. Stick around. From Kenner's Star Wars collection, the new Darth Vader TIE Fighter. Careful, Luke! We've got company! X-Wing fighter and action figure sold separately. Batteries not included. He's on our tail, Luke! Darth Vader's TIE Fighter has flashing light, action sound. Luke's force is strong, but we've got him now. Oh, no, you don't. We've lost our solar panels. Perfect hit! I'll be back. Kenner's new Star Wars Darth Vader TIE Fighter. X-Wing fighter and action figure each sold separately. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the break. I know I did. I watched Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters, which I thought was pretty fantastic. And I watched Marvel's The Eternals, which um, was less than fantastic. I mean, it was bad, real bad, like Ben Affleck, Daredevil bad. But that's not what this show is about, right? Uh, this show is about Star Wars. So let's talk Star Wars, past, present and future. By now, I'm sure we've all heard the story behind the phenomena of the first movie in 77 and how Uncle George changed how movies were made, how they were viewed, and how they were marketed. George had plans for follow-up movies, but even then, the hunger for more content was voracious. So much so that the folks in Hollywood pressured George to release the rushed and now infamous holiday special. Oh my God, so bad. Even as a little kid, I knew what I was seeing wasn't up to par with A New Hope. Not by a long shot. Then Empire hit theaters and the impossible happened. The Star Wars that we all knew and loved not only was continued, but improved upon. Not only that, but it ended with a cliffhanger. The hunger for more Star Wars was at a fever pitch. When Jedi hit theaters in 83, we had a solid trilogy. Then with the popularity of the Ewoks, we got not one, but two mediocre-ass Ewok movies, and we got an Ewok cartoon series and a droid series featuring R2-D2 and C-3PO, and it all kind of fizzled out. It wasn't handled well, and it just kind of pooped out. From then until 99, we didn't get any new video content. That's when the prequel trilogy came to us, and Star Wars was back with a vengeance, at least until 2005. Then there was another 10-year gap before Disney's first venture into Star Wars with the sequel trilogy and Solo and Rogue One. Now, their plan was to do a movie each year, and that plan proved to be too much for a lot of fans. I'm not sure what would have happened if Last Jedi hadn't been so divisive. Maybe, maybe it would have worked, but I really think it was too much too fast, and we just couldn't handle it all. I felt like, you know, you'd get through one movie, and then it would be time to start planning your trip to the theater for the next. So as fans, we all kind of suffered some Star Wars fatigue. Now, when Disney Plus announced all the upcoming streaming titles, my fear was that we may experience that same kind of Star Wars fatigue. Last year was the most Star Wars content we've seen in a given time with The Mandalorian, The Bad Batch, and Visions. We also got a ton of High Republic content, but let's just stick with live action and animation. I'm not worried about the books right now. So 
Even though we only saw three different titles, it still felt like a lot of content. 2022 proves to be even bigger. We kick off with the Book of Boba Fett, and that's going to run through mid-February. We'll also get Andor, which I, I cannot wait for. I think this is going to be, I think this is going to take a lot of people by surprise with how good it is. Now, Andor is slated for 12 episodes, so there's three months. We'll finally get the long-rumored and heavily-awaited Obi-Wan series, which is said to have eight episodes, so there's another two months. Bad Batch Season 2 should run at least 16 episodes like Season 1 did, so another four months. That's ten and a half months out of the year. Now, I know my best friend Andy doesn't understand how calendars work, so I have to say that's only six weeks out of the year without new Star Wars content. And that number may change because Season 3 of The Mandalorian should also hit right around December. So that's a massive chunk of the year with new Star Wars every week. Are we ready for that? My initial response is, hell yeah, bring it on. But when it gets right down to it, can we handle that much content back to back to back? I'm afraid this is a recipe for more Star Wars fatigue. But as long as the quality is up, we should be able to handle it. Bad Batch Season 2, I don't think there's going to be an issue. I think it's going to be on par with Season 1. If you liked it, I think you're going to like Season 2. If you didn't like it, maybe steer clear. Obi-Wan, it can't live up to the expectations. I think it's going to suffer a little, just like the Book of Boba Fett is suffering now. People just hold it in such high regard that they want too much from it, and there's just no way. No matter what the powers that be do behind the scenes, it can't live up to our expectations. As for Andor, I don't think a lot of people know what to expect, and I think that one's going to deliver the most. But that's 2022. It's going to be a lot. 2023, we're looking at Ahsoka at the very least. Mando Season 3 is probably going to carry into um, 2023. Hopefully we hear more about Lando. Can we hear some more about Lando, please? And thank you. And uh, we also have the Acolyte coming. There's also the Droids movie or series it's animated or cgi really not sure what's going on there that might be a one and done so that's not going to factor in here or there anyway 2022 is going to show us what we need to see can we handle this much content i think it's going to be okay okay before we wrap up i want to do a what's up with that guy and today we're going to talk about none other than jabba the hutt's son that's right jabba the hutt had a son his name was rada the hunt some of you may know him as stinky rod of the hut was introduced to us in the clone wars animated movie but i think he gets forgotten because this is also where we were introduced to ahsoka and that's what people really remember here anyway my initial thought when i was watching book of boba fett is jabba has a son why isn't he going to lay claim to jabba's empire but as it turns out in return of the jedi when leia kills jabba jabba was about 600 years old Rada is nowhere near that age and is probably way too young, certainly too young to run an empire. That's why we get Jabba's cousins who've never been mentioned before. As far as details of Rada, well, we know he's a hut and we know he's gassy. That's why they call him stinky. He was kidnapped and taken hostage in the Clone Wars animated movie, rescued by Anakin and Ahsoka and delivered back to Jabba so that the Republic could travel through hut space. Really, that's that's all the details we have on Rada the Hut. Pretty sad. Maybe he'll come into play, I don't know, a bunch of years later. I kind of hope not. Anyway, that's what's up with that guy. 
Rod of the Hut edition. Okay, guys and gals, that's enough show for today. I hope you had some fun. I know I did. I've had a couple of people reach out with questions, and I'm going to answer them in later shows. But if you have a question, if you have a comment, if you just want to reach out, you can do so on social media at The Force of Course on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not super active there. Social media just, it really wears me down a lot of times. You can also email the show directly at theforceofcourse77 at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, tell a buddy, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the number one way to spread the audience, and the audience is growing, and I appreciate that. The music you hear playing me out is done by Closed on Sunday. Check out their stuff on YouTube and Instagram. They're having a lot of fun out there. This has been The Force, of course, your bite-sized Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as always, play with your toys. 